You're listening to the Business with Purpose podcast with your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com. This podcast takes you behind the scenes with some of the world's most generous entrepreneurs, from the CEOs of mission-driven brands to directors of small community nonprofits and everything in between. Molly is sitting down with men and women who believe in changing the world not only through their personal lives, but also their professional careers. And now, here's Molly. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Business with Purpose podcast. I am so excited to introduce my guest today, Emily Betzler of Bought Beautifully. She has such a powerful story of how she came to faith and just really came to have a passion for uh, fair trade fashion and ethical purchasing and how she and her husband launched Bought Beautifully. You will love her story. You will love my conversation with her. She is just so joyful, so spunky, and she's just the best. I just feel like she and I could kind of hang out and, you know, chit-chat all day long like, like you know, normal girlfriends. So um, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Emily. Hey, Emily. Welcome to the show. Hi, Molly. Thanks so much. It's such an honor to be here. I am so honored that you would, you know, take time out of your busy schedule and your busy life to tell me all about you and your story and bought beautifully and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we're going to get into all of it. Um, but you and I, I, mean, I guess we connected on Instagram like a couple months, not even a couple months ago. I mean, I yeah. guess maybe back in like the fall. Yeah, just recently. I know. And I have just loved following bought beautifully. And I've loved um, just the message that you guys put out there and just how you are so positive um, and just really focused on empowering so many people um, across the globe. And I just think you guys are amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much. The feeling's definitely mutual. I was so excited when um, when I found you and just was like, oh, that's a woman who I would, you know, soul sisters. I love everything you're about. And you're soul sisters. Yeah, I know. I love it. <laughs> you no. have social media world of so many new soul sisters <laughs> all over, you know? <laughs> I love it. Where are you located, by the way? So, yes, we are in Wyoming. Oh, nice. And everyone's like, where's that again? Um, so, I <laughs> have actually, I have family in Wyoming. My oh, husband's cousin and... um her husband and their kids moved out to Wyoming. Um, they live in, it'll come to me. Okay. It's like yeah. a, maybe green something, green, green river. Is that a place? Green okay. Yeah. Yes. Great. Green river. And then my cousin actually lives in Jackson. Oh, nice. Okay. Or Jackson so, hole. So, Sharon. so we're just over, we're kind of directly, well, North east of Jackson, so quite a ways. We're kind of closer to anything in Montana oh, okay. than anything else in Wyoming. I also have a cousin in Bozeman. Okay. Yeah, so great. I know, I know. <laughs> so I well, come visit then, road trip with your family, and we'll you can stay with us. Ooh, that would be fun. That would be fun. Okay. See, see, and we're already we're already just chit chatting, and I'm digressing. So, <laughs> um, so Emily, as we, before we really get into things, um, I you know, as you know, and as all my listeners know, the first thing I like to have my guests do is give me the 101. So give me the Emily Betzler 101. Tell me okay. your story. Where you you know? Oh, obviously you're in Wyoming, but I don't know if you're if you lived there your whole life, you know, whatever, um, you know, things that have happened in your life that have led you to where you are today. Okay, perfect. So yes, I am not from Wyoming. I'm actually originally from Arizona. I grew up, mm -hmm. born and raised in Arizona. Never um, been to, I've never been to Arizona. So oh my goodness, <laughs> such a wonderful state. Um, really a great place to grow up. Um, so yeah, I had a great 
upbringing, childhood, wonderful family. I have three sisters, and then I'm the fourth, so a uh, pretty fun all-girl family. Bless your um, parents. <laughs> yes, mostly my dad. <laughs> It was, it was heaven on earth for my mom, but, um, <laughs> but he survived and he's, he's all the better for it. So yeah. Um, and growing up, I did not grow up, grow up Christian. Um, and I just mentioned that because what beautifully does have such a, a faith piece and that yeah. kind of came into my life later. Yeah. Um, I also was not an entrepreneur. Um, you know, like how some people, oh, I was always naturally into business and things like that. <laughs> I never had a lemonade stand. That was not necessarily something I would have thought, um, in, in my future. Um, I did always shop for girls. We definitely had a shopping background, Yeah, <laughs> but, um, probably from a young age. Yeah. Definitely not like an entrepreneur bend. Um, but I will say that I did kind of as a child, whenever I saw a need, I definitely wanted to respond to need. So that was always my heart in terms of just kind of seeing a hurt or need. Um, I remember one, when I like found out there were homeless people, um, my dad's a builder and I remember being like, all right, dad, we got to go down to the park and build some houses because yeah. people need some. Um, so I knew from a young age that that would always be like, I wanted to be someone who helped or, you know, I wanted to make a difference. Um, use kind of what I had been given to, to do something good. So that was always there. Um, but, and then, so, you know, a lot of young people or a lot of people who are in the social good business, you know, they grew up like going, traveling to Africa and that really moved them. I did not have too many international, um, like abroad experiences minus like the Mexico spring break trip. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but growing up in Arizona, you did have a, you know, um, uh, just the Spanish influence. And so when I went to college, I did, um, major in, in, in Spanish and anthropology. So that was always an interest, um, oh. of mine. Yeah. Um, although the funny, just side note is, um, you know, I just love like the, the course God takes us on. And when I was in high school, I did not plan to go to college. And my plan was to go to, um, move to Costa Rica and work on a butterfly farm. But <laughs> I was not in the best, you know, kind of a young high school girl, not making the best choices, didn't know Jesus and had some life crises. And my parents were like, Oh no, honey. So we worked out the deal that I would go to college and I could study abroad in Costa Rica. <laughs> um, but um, so that was sort of um, went to college and I knew I wanted to major in Spanish. That was always something I loved. And I knew I wanted to study abroad. So um, my was even my third semester of college, I went and studied abroad in Costa Rica, which um, ended up being where I met my husband. Oh, look at that. Yes. And unfortunately, not unfortunately, but ironically, he is not Costa Rican. He is from Minnesota. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is wonderful, but um, it would be nice to go visit a tropical climate sometimes for, you know, Christmas and stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Minnesota's great, too. So, yeah. So in college, I met my husband, um, studying abroad in Costa Rica. We had a class, Sustainable Development, together. Um, we kind of dated, but then when we were parting ways, I was like, I'm not moving to Bozeman. That's where he was in college, and he was definitely not moving to Arizona. So we're kind of just like, well, let's just see what happens. We ended up dating long distance and got married. Um, it would have been my last semester of college. So then we ended up getting married and we spent my last semester of college down in, in Chile. Um, and we were doing another study abroad program there. And it was sort of always our plan and dream to work abroad in international development. He wanted to work sort of a little bit more environmental bent and I wanted to work, you know, um, kind of poverty eradication, women's rights um, type things. So we were in Chile and... Um, at this point, I had become a Christian. I became a Christian in, in college, but it became really clear that we were not in God's will. Like that was our plan, but we forgot to kind of consult um, God and, and pray through that. Like, what did he have for our life? 
So as we were there trying to make it work, just things were not working. It was really hard. And when we finally like started praying about it, we're like, I don't, we don't think we're supposed to stay here. We don't think this is what we're supposed to do, which was really weird. Cause that was sort of what our relationship was based on. You know, we've met studying abroad. We were always working towards that, but we ended up coming home and, um, a long story short, we were applying for grad school and then my husband got this job opportunity in Wyoming and it essentially let him bypass grad school or it was, it was a job he would have gotten after grad school. Yeah. So Wyoming was not on my radar. If you would have ever said I would be a small town Wyoming girl, I would have said, mm, I'm not so sure. About that. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I love adventures. I will do anything. So the deal was like, I'll go to Wyoming with you for two years. And then after two years, we get to do what I want to do. So, um, we're still here 11 years later. (laughs) Ah, that's funny. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So we came and we just really, we fell in love with this community. Um, we live in a small town. We just love it. It's a really vibrant community. We have such a great, great friend group and job opportunities. When we moved, it was kind of really in the height of oil and gas development that was happening here. So there was just great opportunities and ultimately, we just kept feeling um, when we would pray about it. And we really felt like one time we had a very clear word from God was, you are here until you're not here. Um, mm. And I remember my first year and a half, like I left, I kept all my boxes in, in the shed. So I was like, well, we're moving soon. So I might as well keep these. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then when we kind of let go of that and really feel like, okay, we're still here and, and just invested in the community, um, we, we you know came to love it. So when I was here, I had to figure out, okay, what am I going to do? And I started working in affordable housing, which I loved. And then at that time, I was also volunteering with the youth group. And I really found like, I was just in this special age where I could connect with young, you know, kind of junior high, high school age girls. You know, we weren't married. We were still young enough that we got where they were coming from. And I felt like, oh my goodness, this is, this is the impact. I can have an impact here with this group. So I went back to school and um, got my, my master's in teaching so that I could teach Spanish. And so I did that for a few years, which I just love uh, listening to your podcast. I feel like there's so many women who, who started out as teaching yeah. with that like same heart desire. And that was you too, right? Yeah. As a teacher. Yep. So, um, which I loved my season is teaching. Um, I love every single one of my students. I love that experience. Um, but it was never like my full heartbeat. You know, I always felt kind of like it was temporary. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I was teaching, I loved it. And sometime during that point, you know, we had gotten really comfortable with our life to incomes, just kind of living the American dream. And then we decided to take a, a trip to the Gambia, which is in West Africa, okay. where my husband's brother was in the Peace Corps. And while we were there, we were just, our hearts were like newly renewed of like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? We we want to care for the poor. We want to work in development. We want to, you know, we, we kind of forgot who we were. And so we came back and just were really prayerful and really fervently praying and just seeking God. Like, what do you have for us, God? Cause we know, you know, you didn't give us this heart and this desire, but yet you have us here. And so we really spent a season of just trying to pray, like, should we leave? What is next for us? Um, and in that season, I ended up getting pregnant, which for us, I was always told I could not have kids. So that was your, our plan was always adoption, but it was just not really on our radar. Wow. And, and then I was having a, a, a kid. And so we felt like, okay, we're still supposed to be here. Like we're, you know, we're supposed to be here. So, um, I kept teaching. And then after a while, um, of having my son and teaching and just knowing that um, for me, and there's certainly teachers who can do it, who are can give their best to their students and give their best to their, their children. 
I just didn't feel like I could. And then I also think that part of my heart was still restless for like, what is, what is it that I'm really supposed to be doing or, mm-hmm. or that, that, you know, will connect me to the rest of the world in a different capacity. Yeah. So, um, kind of, so that kind of happened. But during that time, that prayer we feel like got answered was, was, um, you know, of how we can care for the poor. How can we be involved in international development? We feel like he answered that through our finances. And it was just really clear that he was saying like, this is the gift I've given to you. These are the abilities I've given to you. Use them for good. And so we started as a family being, being really purposeful, like, okay, we're going to be really thoughtful with our, our shopping and our purchases. We're going to, we're going to spend our money for God's glory. We're going to use it for, you know, good things. Um, so during that time, we started with just the commitment. Okay, let's let's make every Christmas gift we buy, like, matter. Let's know the impact behind it. Let's know the story. So we did a lot of, you know, um, like the World Vision, giving a cow, giving a, um, you know, chickens or sponsoring girls for school. But then we also find kept finding these small organizations that had great products. Yeah. Um, and I would spend hours, I would, because this was back in like, you know, 2009, 2010. Um, and I would spend a long time trying to find these. And I would kept saying to Colin, someone should put these in one place. Someone should make this easy for people. Because I think other people would love this. Yeah. So sort of during all of that, that I'm not feeling like teaching wasn't the right fit anymore. And, you know, really praying. All of a sudden, we just felt like God was saying, maybe you should. Like, this might be what I have for you. So that was that was sort of the journey that that led to um, the start of Bought Beautifully. So then, yeah, at that point, um, I think my son would have been 2012. Um, we decided to quit my job and take the leap of faith to like, let's see if we can make this happen. This idea of having a, a curated marketplace um, of products that you know are ethically made and that have sort of a, a story of of telling God's love story. So we said, I stepped away from my job and then about two months into it, panicked. I was like, oh no, we need a job. So then I took a part-time job teaching at the college. And it's just those lessons in like obedience and faithfulness, you know, and being in God's will. Cause it was really clear, um, that I wasn't supposed to be teaching at the college. Cause then it was just overwhelming. It was learning a whole new content curriculum, having my son trying to start this business, um, and so that, that did only last for one semester cause we were, we really felt like, oh my goodness, we weren't being faithful. We, if we're going to do this, we need to do this. We need to trust God with, you know, the next steps and how it's all going to work out. Um, so then in 2013, I was like, all right, I'm really going to dive in and, and try to make this happen. So that was sort of the, the backstory of Bought Beautifully. Um, and so, so for those of you guys who don't know, um, Bought Beautifully, we're an online market. Um, we're, we're an ethical marketplace, Sort of what sets us apart is um, like our hashtag is live out love. And and it was all through this this faith journey that we went on is um, trying to find a way to sort of align our purchases um, in ways that that align with our faith and support our faith. Um, so everyone who sells with us um, goes through an in-depth application and we look for um how they're how they treat their employees, how they do business, so yes. that they're paying fair wages, they have you know, we, we really want safe and positive, you know, places, uh, work environments, encouraging places to go to work. These are good places. These are jobs that, you know, the people that are happy to have them. So we look for, um, fair wages, you know, no child labor, um, safe working conditions, and then everyone has a live out love statement. And so we were, um, part of our faith journey and our journey to come to this was really seeking out how we, we could live out love in every God's love in every area of our life and realizing how can we support people who are doing the same. Um, so we're definitely a 
have a Christian bent to the marketplace. And I think the reason for that, you know, is twofold, um, that part of our faith journey, um, and, and never to be discriminatory or anything like that, but also because it was our faith and we felt like, I think other people would really resonate and want to spend in that same manner. And then also to shine light on all the good work that is being, being done in Christ's name. We just feel like, especially in today's age, like Christians really get a bad rap in so many ways. Yeah, portrays that, you know, that, that, um, that the love is just not always being seen, but from our experience and certainly through going through the Bob beautifully process, we just kept seeing Christians who were so willing to give it all for love, you know, to, to move to foreign countries, to, you know, take pay cuts, um, you know, just doing really good things that their faith was spurring them on. And so we just want to be a place where that is really celebrated and honored just in like an encouraging light. I love that. I love that. And that is something that is, you're right. I mean, it's just, it's so hard to find. It's so hard to find, um, companies and brands and, um, you know, even just, yeah, I mean, there just are so few options out there. And we live in a culture where everybody wants easy. Everybody yeah. wants quick. Everybody wants cheap. Um, but I'm finding that the more that you can connect people on a personal level, with pe- connect with people on a personal level to a particular product or to um, a company or to an artisan or introducing people to, you know, like this is the person that made this product. Here is how their earnings from making this product, you know, are affecting their life in a positive way. You know, they're, it's a, this is a mother who's able to send her children to school. This is a father who is able to, able to care for his family. Um, you know what I mean? It's just, it's yeah. so powerful. And you don't get that when you shop at Walmart. Right, <laughs> you exactly. Know? You're not picking you know, up. I think it's really everyone's heart's desires, you know, like given yes. the choice, minus the, you know, obviously, and that was one of the reasons for what like, let's make it easy for people because we do want easy. Like I will be the first to admit, it is so hard sometimes to be ethical because it yeah. takes that extra step. But then presented the two options. Of course, everyone, you know, our hearts desires are to use our our, our gifts for good. Our hearts yes. desire is to, you know, um, get to make the positive impacts in the world a better place any chance we can get. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so I want to back up just a little bit. Um, first, I have to just make a comment on when you mentioned that you um, were in high school and you wanted to work on a butterfly farm in Costa Rica. So when I was a high school teacher, my, the summer after my first year teaching, I chaperoned a, I think it was either like 10 or 12 days, but a, like a extended field trip. I chaperoned this field trip to Costa Rica and we went all across the country. We started in Tor- Tortuguera and then we went like to um Mon it's Monta Monteverde, Monteverde. Um, yeah, I mean, we went all over, but we went to a, this butterfly farm in, in Monteverde. I'm like, I was like, maybe I was living Emily's dream, and you didn't even know it. Um, but that country is so beautiful, and I, yeah, it was it was a really really cool experience. Um, one of the coolest things, again, side note, and I digress, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> when we were, and I think it's. What is the volcano? There's an active volcano in the center of the country. Arnal. Oh, yes, the Arnal volcano. Yeah. 
Yes, thank you. So we were so we spent two nights at the Arnall Volcano and we stayed at this like I guess I guess you could call it a hotel. I don't know. They were like these huts. Um so it was kind of this open air hotel um but sort of basically at the base of this volcano. And one night the first night we were there, it was just as clear as day. It was one of those nights where you could just see every star in the sky. And we're all just kind of sitting out. It's like me and the other two chaperones and all of our students. And we're just kind of sitting around, you know, about around a bonfire talking. And all of a sudden, we're like, I just kind of see in the background, because, I mean, the, the volcano is like right there. Right. Um, oh, it's the coolest Oh, it's so cool. But then it starts like it was like glowing. Because it's because it's active and it's just kind of constantly flowing, mm-hmm. and so you could just see you have the, all the stars in the sky. It's pitch black, you know. There's no light pollution, and there's this this glow coming from the volcano. And I just remember staring at it and just thinking how amazing it was. And then the volcano like burped. I don't really know. I mean, I don't really know how to explain it other than that. Like it, it, it's almost like it burped or like bubbled over. And so all of a sudden, like lava just starts spewing from the top. Like it's not like it was because it's kind of, again, it's constantly sort of erupting because there's one side of the volcano that's just sort of like covered in lava. Um, and it just like all of a sudden starts spewing lava into the air. And I remember kind of thinking, like, is this is this thing erupting? Like, I don't really know what's happening right now. Do we need to do we need to run? And the guy like working at the at the resort or I don't even again, I don't wherever we were staying, he was like, No, the volcano burped. That's not how they talk at all. I don't know why I did that impression. That was a terrible impression. I think I just got back from Kenya. So that's like my Kenyan impression. <laughs> no, it burped. That's also Italian. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm ridiculous Um, but he was like it it burped and uh, so we're just sitting there and probably for five or ten minutes it just was spewing volcano in the air or lava in the air and it is probably one of the top five coolest things I've ever seen in my life it was so awesome because you just have this pitch black sky and then just it's just shooting lava up and I always tell that story because I'm like it's it was easily one of the coolest things I've ever seen Yes. Yeah. Um, Country is magical, honestly, from like the volcanoes to the beaches to the mountain towns. I think that was one reason my husband was like so hesitant to marry me for a while (laughs) because we spent like these six magical months in Costa Rica and we had to be like, you know, the rest of our life is not going to be like college student Costa Rica. Like, are we sure it's going to work? I know. Have this like super high expectation. Where are my active volcanoes? I know. Where are my active volcanoes? On the beach drinking pina coladas. Where are my hot springs? Where are my hot springs? Exactly. Oh my goodness. Um, Okay. So (laughs) my other sort of question, kind of going back a little bit, is you mentioned that you became a Christian in college. Um, Do you mind kind of sharing your coming to faith story if you don't? No, no, not at all. yeah, you know, so I um, I grew up in the Catholic Church, and I would say I never had a, a f- like real faith, but I always had a faith in like a higher, or I never had a Christian faith, but I definitely had a faith in a higher being. You know, mm-hmm. when I would get into crisis mode, which I would always result to or resort to prayer. You know, mm-hmm. so there was always this piece of like an understanding to me that there was a higher power or something bigger. Um, I was in a in a bad car accident when I was in high school, which you know just had its consequences of already a secular teenager that's just kind of compounded, you know, drinking and partying and craziness and some things, but I was always searching. Um, 
And when I was a senior about to graduate high school, getting ready for my, you know, Costa Rican trip, I made some really bad choices, <laughs> which really, um, I guess I'll just be really honest here, but everyone has to still, um, promise to be my friend and like me. I was arrested for shoplifting. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. And it was, um, it was this huge wake up call for me. Cause all of a sudden I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, I was just making choices and I never had like serious consequences yeah. or, you know, I was just really wild. And it was the first time where I was like, Oh my goodness, this, my choices have a consequence. And I, and also where I like stepped back and was like, this isn't who I am. I actually have like, I want to make a difference. I want to do good things. I don't really want this for my life. And I think it was just this realization of, of like sort of sin and the inability to do it on my own. Yeah. So it really made me start searching. Um, and to be honest, I went anywhere but the Christian faith, um, just based on kind of experiences I had growing up. Um, you know, so I was like in college, I'm like, I'm going to try the Buddhist temple. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to read about Islam. I'm going to, you know, just kind of do everything. And then I went back to the Catholic church a couple times and, you know, it felt like home. So that felt safe. But it didn't really do it for me. And then I met Colin, who was a Christian, um, and he was a really good, shining example of, like, living Christ's love. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, as a male, one of the first males who just was respectful and really interested in who I was as a person, what I had to say. Um, and just really through knowing him and seeing him live out his faith, um, that was really got me, like, giving Christianity a second thought. Um, and then my grandma died in that time frame. And it was a really like, okay, what do I believe? You know, it was really the first time someone super close to me had had passed away and I had to really wrestle with like, what do I believe? What mm-hmm. happened next? And so I just really started seeking and um, I had a friend who was a Christian and invited me to the Bible studies. And, and I just remember um, it wasn't like, you know, people have like this day of like, ah, and then I accepted Jesus or uh, you know, mine was really like a process. And I think because for some reason I was really hesitant. Like I didn't want Christ to be the answer and I don't really know why. Yeah. Um, So I just, mine was a really long journey till one day I just kind of was like, like almost gave in, like, which sounds awful. Like, Oh, okay. This is it. This is, is what I believe. This is, so it was interesting. It was, I certainly didn't have like a, it was just definitely a long, a long process or a, you know, a while of searching. And it wasn't like this one day we're like, ding, it was kind of a couple weeks and then of a month we are weeks into months. And then finally just like, yeah, I'm yeah. here. This is where I am. Yeah. And I'm all in. So, yeah. It's funny how much I relate to that. Cause I also grew up, I say Catholic light, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like not really Catholic, but I mean like my parents were Catholic, but then they weren't practicing Catholics. You know, it was a whole situation. I was just, you know, I was just kind of in that, like, in that, like, sure, yeah, like, I believe in a God. I don't really know. I I remember there was a point at which I was really interested in the Baha'i faith. Okay. Because yeah. I think Baha'i is, like, one that sort of takes bits and pieces of, like, every religion. And it just sounds so cool, right? And I was like, yeah. And I'd be, I would love to be like, look at me. I'm Baha'i. Like, yeah. I'm like, I mean, I'm like, this is really, this is, you know, this is really cool because I'm yeah. Baha'i. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I, again, nothing against the Baha'i faith that just, you know, I, but it was just, yeah. I think I just, I was, again, I, I was like you, I was searching and, um, 
yeah, anyway, it's not not space for me to tell my story, but I just, yeah, I just, I relate, very much relate to what you, you went through um, right. in that. So, you know, you guys launched Bot Beautifully and you said, was it 2012 you said? You know, 2012 is when I, I quit my, my official teaching job, but yeah. then I ended up taking another teaching job. <laughs> um, and then, um, so it wasn't really till 2013 that we started. Um, and we actually had a, um, experience and I will share this with, um, people just cause I'm sure there's entrepreneurs out there, women who are wondering, um, I really let fear hold me back for, for a long time. I really felt like I just was um, I was worried that I wasn't the right person to do this job. I wasn't qualified enough. I wasn't smart enough. I didn't know anything about websites. I didn't know anything about running a business. Um, and so we actually, we got in a relationship. We hired a, a firm from India to build our website and, and they, we, we ended up losing our website and our money cause they did just a very poor job and they delivered something that was not functionable. Yeah. Um, and during that year though, and so what I'm saying is during that year I had instinct and I kind of knew but I was so kind of so insecure that I, I wasn't, I didn't, you know, it was just a really good growing phase, phase for me as a professional, as a woman um, business owner, because I didn't trust myself enough to be like, oh, wait, I don't think that you're, <laughs> I don't trust this company. I don't think you're being honest with me. I don't think, um, and it was just a lot of kind of technical stuff. And I just defaulted to, well, I just own a website so that they must be doing it right. They must be taking another four months because <laughs> that's how hard it is. Or so, yeah. um, so we actually spent a year and then ended up not having a product. Um, so we were supposed to launch right before the Christmas of, um, 2013 and, and didn't. Um, but it was a great God journey because I do remember, and it was a really big turning point. And so this is for encouragement for others. One learning the lesson to stand up, you know, not use my voice, trust that, trust my instincts in this, um, course. Um, and I think that whole first year I was pretty, I felt really alone. You know, I was a mom of a young kid. I was kind of staying home, kind of working, trying to start this business, but I didn't have community. And I was really scared to have community because I was so kind of insecure. Like people were going to laugh at me and say, you're doing what? You're not qualified for that. But so when the website didn't launch and it's just this hard experience, my husband was like, you know what? You can still do something. All the people who are going to be on your site, have them send products and, and just do a little pop-up shop Have and call your friends and help you do this, do a gift market. And so I just remember this night so clearly being so nervous to call my friends and be like, I have this idea. Will you join me? Would you help me make it happen? And I just thought for sure everyone would say no. And almost every single person was like, yes, I love this idea. And so this little failure has actually resulted in one of our most successful events at Bought Beautifully and my favorite part of my job. Every year we do a holiday market called Give With Impact. And it was the result of um, this kind of like failure and and then and also this turning point for me as a as an entrepreneur, as a businesswoman to to trust people, let people in and create community. Mm -hmm. uh, and so all my friends said, yes, and you put this little pop-up shop kind of just up in like a week or two weeks and it was really successful. And then every year it has just grown and our community is so wonderful. Everyone shows up. They're so, well, not everyone, but huge crowds show up. They're so supportive. We have this amazing group of volunteers who love to get to be a part of it. And it's just this really fun, special event. And so I just love how God took, you know, this and he turned it into something great. One of our favorite kind of hallmark events that we do, one of our most successful things. And and it brought 
all these people into the the conversation and and uh, just really helped me realize, oh, I don't, I wasn't supposed to do this on my own. It's okay, and yeah. it's okay to not have every skill and and to seek people to help and to um, you know, do this together because people really do want to be a part of these type of things. Yes, yes, I could uh, not so, agree more. Yeah, so that was really a special thing. So then, but beautifully didn't actually launch until October 2014. Okay. So, Yep. So we launched in 2014, um, just had our two year anniversary this October and, um, yeah, it's been great. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's funny how much I hear from entrepreneurs where they're like, you know, sometimes I think people who aren't in the thick of it are like, Oh, entrepreneurship. It's so great. Glamorous. And like, <laughs> look at you, you own this boutique. And then they don't realize like, you know, you this started for you in 2012 but it didn't launch till the fall of 2014 you know or um you know sometimes it's it takes I mean it just it takes time and nothing is quick um Mm -hmm. and boy have I you know because I get that question a lot too because people are like oh you blog you know oh you you blog for a living that's so cool I want to blog and make money and I'm like I hope you know like I've been blogging for 10 years like it's been a really long time like I did it for five or six years without making money so yeah. yeah. And I think too, I, I just describe it as, you know, equal to parenting or um, mm-hmm. your marriage and that it is the hardest thing I've done by far. And it it asks more of me than any other job, mm-hmm. but it's also rewarding in that same sense. It's more rewarding. It's more um, fulfilling than anything, you know, like just that dichotomy of parenting where it's like the hardest and the best and marriage, you know, it's just very much one of those things where it asks it asks so much of you, but you do get so much back. Yes, yes. And I love, um, you know, and I think especially with somebody or a, a company like you guys, where you guys are just really working, um, you're just really working to bring to light and to shine a light on the ability that people can make to ch- or the ability that people have to change the world through their purchases. Um, I think sometimes you know, it's almost like people don't realize they're like, oh, well, you know, my my purchase doesn't really matter. Um, but the right. fact is, is it does. I mean, by, you know, I mean, you guys, I was looking at your website, you guys have you know, all the categories that you guys really focus on, like women empowerment, education, sustainable development, fighting human trafficking, maternal health, caring for orphans, vocational training, spiritual encouragement. I mean, these are these are life-changing things for people. Right. I just um, I just got back from Kenya and spent some time uh, with some artisans. And I got to see uh, – I want to be careful about details I share for privacy and stuff. Absolutely. But um, yeah. but I'll just say I one day um, we were taken into uh, some slums outside of no, – well, they're in Nairobi, but kind of mm-hmm. on the outskirts of Nairobi. We, went, we were taken into the sm- – into the slums and taken to a few different homes and two of the homes were women who were artisans through an uh, you know a fair trade artisan group mm-hmm. um, and we were able to see like yes they live in the slums still but they are able to pay for their children to go to school they have um, you know one woman she has a refrigerator and a microwave. <laughs> In her in her house in the slums. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean. Like that's that is 
huge. 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 Um, so she's got, I mean, and they're they're beautiful homes. You know, they're not they're not big by any stretch of the imagination, but they are clean. They have access to food. They have access to clean water. They are able, again, they're able to send their kids to school. But the other thing too is, and most importantly, is they have hope. And yes. you can see hope in their eyes and you can see the the genuine smile that's on their face um, because they have a purpose and they feel it. And that is something that that cannot be bought. Right. That hope and that drive cannot be bought. And um, but it's fostered when you empower somebody through a purchase because yeah. they have yeah. sense of dignity because they're yes they're working they have worth they have value they have um you know something productive to do and yes yes yeah. and then um, we were okay. taken into a third home and this was this was very intentional um but we were taken into a third home of a woman who does not have employment um mm-hmm. she lives in the same slums she does not have employment um because there was an accident um in her home last year where her home burned and um, she lost her child in the fire and she was burned from head to toe. It was, um, she was like in the hospital for like three months because of the accident. She has still not full. She, she can't um, fully use her hands. Um, And so she, you know, she's she's just unable. She's unable to work. And it is um, – I mean, there's even more to it that I just – I sat there and I couldn't help but just wish that that was – I remember leaving thinking, like, what can I do? What can I do? Like, what can she do? How can we – because she wants to work. Right. She does. But she's she's been dealt a really terrible hand. Um, but walking into her home was just such a stark contrast um, because, you know, she obviously does not have a refrigerator or a microwave. Um, mm-hmm. you know, she had her, her bed and she had like a little bench couch and, um, you know, obviously dirt floors and, um, she did not have access to food. Uh, she has, she does have some children that survived the fire. Um, and she just, and you could just see, a glimpse of hope in her eyes, but you could also just see a lot of pain and a lot of despair. And we just, we tried to just speak life over her and pray over her. And, um, you know, I just, but like I said, I just kept thinking like, what can, like, what can we do? Because the, just speaking that encouragement and that life over her, I could see a change in her face because she just seemed she could, I don't, you know, cause I don't think she lives in a community where people do that very often, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And yeah. so I just, I share that because it just, it was such an eye opening thing to see the difference between, I mean, these were three people, they all live in the same slums. Mm-hmm. Two of them live very different lives than her. And that's because two of them have that, have a job. Yeah. And that spoke so much to me and just fired me up because it just reminded me of like this is why I am so passionate about ethical shopping 
and yeah. and and purchasing fair trade and like this is why because of women like that um oh I, I remember what i was going to say there was um one of the things that was so telling about her home that was so interesting and i don't know what about this really connected with me and stuck out but she i mean she has no electricity in her home but she had cut a cuz she was able to she along with some people in her community were able to rebuild her home after okay. it burned and she cut a hole in her ceiling and took a clear two-liter bottle and like an empty two-liter bottle that's clear and put it in the hole. And so okay. that is her light. Her little skylight. Her wow. little skylight. And that but it's amazing actually the way that the the sun hits the clear two-liter bottle during the day. I mean, I actually thought it was an electrical light because the way uh-huh. it, the sides of the bottle reflect the light on the in the room, like it really illuminates the whole room as opposed to just kind of having one stream of light come through a hole. Okay. But I just I remember sitting there staring at it thinking like that's so creative. <laughs> like <laughs> and just People she's are so innovative when they can, you know, when they need can be. Yes. Yes. But anyway, I just, I, like I said, I share all that just because it, I love what you guys do because it really, really does make a difference. You know, that's just it. I think for us, I mean, we're just surrounded by so much stuff and we forget yes. like when we think, oh, what, you know, what does a $15 necklace really matter? Mm-hmm. And when we stop to realize that half the world's population, like half the world's population lives on less than $2 and 50 cents a day. Yeah. Like when you compare that, like a $15 necklace matters hugely in Haiti. You know, that is income for a day, for three days, for a week. Huge. Um, And it's just that perspective. And and so often our perspective just sees what's around us. You know, we we forget that worldwide perspective, Um, you know, that that a little, a small thing matters. And, And I just love that quote. And I don't know who said it first or originally, but like every time you you shop, you cast a vote and you yes. play a role in creating the world that you want to create. And so, you know, having so many and it's just so great and cool that the ethical consumerism is growing because really there are so many options now yes. to get to vote and say, I vote for, for caring for my brothers and sisters across the globe. I vote to yeah. pay them well and show them my love, you know, and that's our like live out love through my purchases. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Preach. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I just think too, for women, it's so encouraging too. I think we sometimes forget to stop, but like right now is our time as women in the United States. You know, there's never been a generation of better educated, smarter, and more free, you know, women Mm -hmm. with more power. And I just love to think about like what we can do because we are, um, we have so much influence to our kids and to our neighbors, but also in, in our purchases, you know, like we get to choose so often where the, like the people who decide those daily purchases where they're made. And we just have so much power. Um, just as a woman in the United States, you know, we have so much power to make influence. Um, yes. and it doesn't seem like it often when you're like staying at home with your kids and you know, there's dirty diapers and you're tired or, or yep. when you work full time and you know, whatever, but it's just so good to like, take a breath and remember, oh my goodness, we like, we were, I love that Esther and I think Ann Voskamp says it all the time, like we were made for such a time like this. Like, yes. you know, it's just a really, it's really cool that we don't have to do too much outside of our normal activities to make differences. Yep. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I love, yeah, that just the voting with your dollars because people, yep. yeah, dollars speak, <laughs> people go where the money is. <laughs> yep. It is, yeah. it is so true. It is so true. Um, 
Okay, so I want to transition just a little bit um, and get to know you a little bit more. So sure. when you are, I know being an entrepreneur can really take up a lot of time <laughs> and it's hard to shut off work. Yes. Um, but what do you do with your, you know, tell me about your family and, and what do you guys like to do for fun? What do you, what do you do to recharge and all that? Perfect. Um, so I will be totally honest. You know, we just had our two year mark and I did go into it knowing like the first two years. Oh yeah. Um, and, and being okay with saying like, you know what, that I want, this is my passion and my hobby. And I, I will choose that to be my free time. And my, so the last two years I haven't had a ton of free time, but by choice and by, you know, it also is, I'm sure like you too, like as much as it's work, it's also my joy. It's also mm -hmm. my, my love. But um, we do as a family, we live in Wyoming for a reason. So we love to fish. We love to, well, I should preface that my husband and kids love to fish. I like to just like walk and read a book. <laughs> but we love to hike and camp and just be outside. Um, we, I, I used to say I was a runner, but that's not really true anymore. I'm like a trotter and a walker. And, you know. <laughs> but I do like to get out and move. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I am going to be a trotter. I am keeping that. I'm stealing that. Yes, please use it. I'm um, not a runner. I'm a trotter. No, so, but I do like to move, you know, in that kind of capacity. Um, you I'm know, sorry. and I used to, I would really have said, like, me my hobbies were cooking and baking, but now I'm just like, why does everyone have to eat three times a day? Oh, <laughs> yes. Why are so the children right now, always hungry? Yes. Right now, I'm not really inspired or filled up with the eating, the cooking and um, action, but hopefully that will come back. I know my husband can't wait till I'm like excited to cook again. But, um, oh and I have, I have great girlfriends. I love girl time. Um, I think growing up with three sisters, um, I have an almost insatiable need for quality girl time. Yes. Connecting time. So, um, you know, we I have a book club, which I love. And then I just, I, I enjoy a, a glass of wine with friends or a or hike with friends. Yeah. Um, what books yeah, have you? Two what? precious kids. I have oh, Hudson yeah. who, yep, Hudson is six. He just started kindergarten. Aww. And Story is three. Oh, I and, love that name. Oh, isn't, thank you. I love her little name. Story Nell is her name. And she's, um, she's, she's going to be a world changer. She's a spunky, strong-willed, we call her sweet and spicy. Mm -hmm. uh, sweet That's my three-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, you know, really like spending time with them, you know, so that's family, family movie nights, family camping nights, you know, that's definitely something that fills me up. I, I love that too. I, it's funny, the older I get, like, I'm definitely more of kind of a homebody. Um, I love to have my girl time, but then there are nights where I'm like, you know what, I just kind of want to stay home and sit on the couch with my husband and hang out and yep. just talk or hang out, you know, hang out with my kids, like hang out at home. I'm like, maybe I'm old and boring now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, you've just like embraced the <laughs> I'm like, am I am I old and boring now that I just want to sit home and talk to my husband on the couch? Like <laughs> Or I'm like, oh I'm so tired. It's 9 15. It's time to go to bed. Like <laughs> I wonder if it will like come back. Because I look at my parents now and like my mom, you know, all her kids are out of the house and she's I feel like she's like more social again and so this might just be our season for snuggling on the couch in yeah. bedtime at nine because it's such a demanding <laughs> season. So. It is. It is. Now, you said you're in a book club. What books have you read recently that you really love um, or anything like that? Yeah, we actually met last night and picked our books for this, the year. So Ooh. Yes. 
Um, so all the light we cannot see. I have heard really good things about that. I've not read it. It's such a good one. Really, really good tearjerker, but just neat storytelling. Um, that was one of our favorites. We usually, we kind of have a fun, we have to pick different genres every year and different. So, um, this was two years ago, but we went back and read some classics and East of Eden. If you haven't read East of Eden, Mm. it's a really good, um, classic to go back um and read we really enjoyed reading that one what are some of my other favorites of course when I'm on the on the spot I can't remember no, no that's okay we all read the Martian and it was really fun because then our husbands a lot of our husbands ended up reading it or we went on a date then with our husbands so it was kind of fun to like cross those worlds oh that is so fun Martian, it's interesting I saw the uh, movie that's the is that the one that the movie's based off of yes yeah and the movie's not as the book is is good because it's just like problem solving and and it's just interesting and it's not like too scientific for me because I'm just you know not that into learning how to live on Mars yeah so (laughs) there were certainly some parts I skimmed through but it was it was a fun different read um I think if you hadn't read the book the movie might have been boring oh we loved the movie and I didn't read the book so it's hard to know because you're like it left out so many of those fun details that you get from the book no I loved I loved the movie um, I yeah. just finished on the plane coming back from Kenya, where I read I read it, you know, on the way there and on the way back, was um, For the Love by Jen Hatmaker. We just had put a Jen Hatmaker book um, on the list for this year, and it was between For the Love or Out of the Spin Cycle. So have you read, which one would you recommend? Well, I haven't read Out of the Spin Cycle okay. yet, um, but For the Love was both, it was like, it was one of those books where one chapter, I was literally laughing so hard that people on the plane were like staring at me. Oh, I love that. I was cracking up. Um, and then, and like, I mean, people were little, like rose over. Like I was trying to just like stifle my laughter because I couldn't stop laughing. Um, and everybody thought I was nuts. Um, but it was like one that I was laughing one chapter and then like bawling the next. So it's just, it's it's so good. It's so good. I highly recommend it. It's an easy, quick read. Like I, like I said, I read it just on the plane, never even off the plane. And I was able to finish it. Um, and I'm not like a super fast reader. I love to read, but I'm not like a... I'm certainly not a speed reader by any means. Yeah. I try to like balance. I need to read one for work. I need to read one for book club. But it's so nice having a book club because I don't, I would not read as much. Yeah. But since I have like a a thing I have to show up for. Yeah. Hold you accountable. Yes. I love it. Oh, so I just remembered the best series, which we discovered in book club. So it's an author out of Arizona. The titles are not that good, but you guys, every person who read the book has like passed it on and passed it on. It is so good. So the very first in the series is These Is My Words. Ooh. So again, the title's not great, but the book is so good. I'm and it's writing series, this down right now. Uh, These Is My Words. It's a series of three. It's like the next two um, follow this woman, and it's just this strong female character that you will love. Um, and it takes place in like kind of territorial days, but it's so, so good. Um, and then another one by that same author, which was another favorite this year is my name is resolute. And I can't even like give a storyline of that one. Cause it is so good. And there's so many twists and turns. Like, I don't want to give any away, but those two books, if you want a book where you'll have to like put your life on hold for a week, because once you pick it up, you can't put it down. Ooh, those, I those am two- literally, I'm. 
as we speak, I'm going on Amazon Prime and adding them to my my list. Perfect. Good. Because <laughs> if I don't add, if I don't do it now, I won't remember. Book club. When you're done, call me so we can talk about both of them. They're so good. It's oh, so funny because if I don't, it's a, one of those things. Like if I don't do it right now, I. Yeah, I won't remember. Um, last week's episode, uh, I had Jessica Honiger from um, mm-hmm. Noonday Collection on, and she I got two books from her off of that episode, too. Oh, was, what were hers? Um, the Comparison Trap by Sandra Stanley. Ooh, okay. And, um, well, then this one, I think, is just not – it comes out in February, but I have it on my list on, like, pre-order, which is You Are Free by Rebecca Lyons. Those are the okay. two that she recommended. So <laughs> – Perfect. I'll add them to my list too. I know. I it's it. it's so exciting. Anyway, <laughs> Emily, so yeah. how can people connect with you online? Perfect. Well, so Bot Beautifully, you can search Bot Beautifully. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. We're, we're sort of on Twitter. It's, it's one of my 2016 th- or 2017 things. We'll be on Twitter more. Um, and it's just Bot Beautifully. And then if you wanted to connect with me personally, um, uh, Instagram is Emily underscore Betzler. And Facebook's Emily Betzler. And I like call phone calls and emails too, so you can <laughs> I just I'm relational, so <laughs> I love it. Well you kinda have to be in in the business you're in in some ways. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, and we love we would love to you know, obviously meet more people, chat with more people. Um as a business we are always looking for new vendors. So if you know someone, um and typically it tends to look like, you know, ministries in, in third world our developing world situations, but we really are hoping and we have a vision of a bigger, you know, we want to work with, with people in the States who are, um, who are living out God's call to love. What did God call, God call you to do? And is there yes. a way that we can partner and support you and help you? Um, so we definitely love to do that. And then people who want to get involved. We, um, we have prayer partners and, um, we always can ship boxes of products for people to do home shows or things like that. So yes. there's lots of ways to get involved that way too. Yay. I love it. Emily, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to talk with you. You just have such an amazing heart. Your story is so powerful. Um, I don't judge you for being arrested for shoplifting. I still will be your friend. I tell people and I totally believe in, you know, being honest and transparent. But when you actually like say it out loud, you're like, oh, gosh. Oh, girl, if I said all the like, I certainly have made my fair share of mistakes. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I say them out loud and I go, oh, man, that's embarrassing. So I don't judge you. We can still be friends. <laughs> yes. And it was a long time ago. I'm much more mature now. I know. I know. Well, if the fact is, is that like we all have that thing from our past that we're like, oh, gosh, why did we do that? But you know what? It's those things that like if it hadn't have been for that in a lot of ways, like who knows where you would be today? It's so true. It was it was absolutely a pivotal turning point in my life. So yes, yes. Well, thank yeah. you again. So great to chat with you too. You are the best, and um, I just can't. Like I said, I just can't thank you enough. Well, likewise. You guys, how awesome was my conversation with Emily? She is just such a joy. She is so inspiring, and I love her heart for empowering artisans and empowering men and women around the world. Thank you guys for listening. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review and share the show with a friend. I would really jump through the device and hug your neck, Um, not in a creepy way, uh, but I would thank you so much for doing that because it really does mean the world and that's how we're able to spread the word about the show. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.